0: Can't wait to see that series and to see Carl in person in two weeks' time, I think. Two weeks' time. Yes. Don't miss it. And it's very invitational. It's great to be at something like that. Well, the last couple of weeks, if you've been my friend or around me, you've been asked a question. <laughs> They're laughing. If Jesus is a colour, what colour would he be? You can answer that to someone next to you. If Jesus is a color, what color would he be? Let's have a look at some of the colors that people have said early on. We're just going to go through them quickly. The first per- one of the persons I spoke to said red. Red, because it's a color of passion and love and richness. Others, we haven't got the colors. <laughs> Others said, is, is red up there yet? Yeah, others said green. Now, green came in a variety of colours. This is just straight green. Green because it was vibrant and life-giving. But then someone said green, but brown green. Vibrant and living, but dirty because Jesus came to earth and lived among us. Others said purple, rich, royal colours. One person said a gorgeous colour of gold. I asked someone this morning and they said gold as well. And of course, we didn't get past the dazzling white and brilliance of just plain white. There were the blues, many blues. Hand up those who would say blue, Jesus is blue. Well, I want you to know that our senior minister said blue. I said to Steve, if Jesus was a colour, what colour would he be? He said, blue. Why, Steve, I like blue, and I like Jesus. Now, standing next to him was the learned Andrew Fair, and he said, I'm the same, blue. Someone else said blue to me, and I said, why did you choose blue? And she said, it's the blue over Alice Springs, the great big expanse of sky. And it speaks of the greatness and majesty of God. And of course, nearly everyone wanted to say rainbow. But rainbow is the full spectrum. It's not really the color. But we are doing today, Jesus is color. Now only I would choose a topic like that, right? Because I couldn't find a verse in the Bible that said, I am color. I saw, I am the vine, I am the way, the truth, and life, but nowhere did it say, I am colour. But the artist who had to draw this was leave allevi- Well, that stumped her for a while too, but she was brilliant. Here's the picture today, and I'm going to read the blurb that she wrote to go with this artwork by Jack Parsons. You are drowning just trying to keep your eyes above the waves. The deep, dark ocean stretches as far as your eye can see. The last wave is about to crash over you, but there, you glimpse it, light reflecting off its tip, the colours of morning swirling over its surface. You turn to see the sun rising, blasting through the clouds and igniting everything it touches. There is light, there is color, there is Jesus. Color at its very essence is simply a reflection of light. Without light, there is no color. Even in the deepest, darkest ocean, there is color where there is light. In the midst of depression, dragging you under, there is color because there is light. When the night is holding to you, there is joy in the morning, chasing the darkness away. For the darkness cannot comprehend the light. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the sun rising at the break of day. Jesus is the light bleeding through every wave. Jesus is the reflection bouncing around one billion different ways. Jesus is the outstretched hand reaching through the waves. Jesus is the warmth on our back as we climb into the boat, exhausted, broken, just to lie. Jesus is the light surrounding us as we turn our eyes towards his face. Jesus is the color that spreads itself across the whole earth and into every single thing in every single way. There it is, light, Jesus, color. Isn't that beautiful? I'm told you can buy the painting, but this is not a commercial. I was uh, taken into the scriptures to find out, well, does the, do the scriptures actually talk about color? And I realized that there were some of my favorite characters, when they had a vision of the supernatural into the heavenlies, beyond this world, beyond space and time, they described Jesus, the Son of God or the Son of Man, in the brilliance of color. And I've just got a few verses here to capture some of this color First of all, from John, who wrote in Revelation. And some of this could also be found in the first chapter of Ezekiel and then through some of the other chapters. We'll just read John for now. John wrote this. I turned round to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, stamps. And among the lampstands stamps was someone like a son of man dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white, like wool, white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was the sound of rushing waters." In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance." Now, that's full of color, eh? Color, fire, bronze, beauty, startling. Now, when John saw this, he did fall down as if he was dead, and he needed to be lifted up. It was such a brilliant picture. When Jesus was on earth, he went up into a mountain with three of his disciples. This is just a little verse that captures that. It says this. Then he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Just then there appeared before him Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Later on, Peter recorded this as a testimony, and he described this as the color of majesty. He wrote later in his little uh, epistle, in his letter in Peter, he said this, he, Jesus, received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory. Referring back to this occasion that we've just read. This is my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard the voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. That's just a little glimpse of trying to describe what it is like when you confront Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever used the word color in that sense or not. But the interesting thing is that it is a beautiful way to look at Jesus and to see how he can color our life. What I want to do today is actually give a story and to show how color works in this story. We use color in quite a few different ways. We actually use the word to say the color of truth. You heard that one? The color of truth. I don't know what the color of truth is you? Can you think of a color? We talk about someone showing their true colors. That's about their character. When we see a film or a play, we can say the play had a great deal of color about it. And I'm not sure, it's just about the color you can see. It's more than that. And of course we always, we know this one. That was colorful language. I won't use that. And then we say to someone, oh, you're a good colour today, or your colour is terrible. (laughs) We talk about the colour and richness in music. So we use the word colour to talk about our life and some of the things that happen. So I've got a story today A well-known story, a beautiful story. It's a story that invites us to sit with it and to ponder and to reflect. And I'm going to go into this story with you to see what the true colors are of these characters. Is that okay? So it's in Luke. If you've got your Bible app, you can come along with us and uh, read this, or you can open the scriptures, or you can just look at it straight here. I'm gonna read the story. It's a complete story with lots of richness and color in. From Luke 7, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I've got something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said, two people owed Money to a certain money lender. One owed about five hundred nari, and the other fifty. Neither of them had the money to pay them back, so he forgave the debts of both of them. Now, which one would love him more? Simon replied, with the correct answer. I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman. her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this? He even forgives sins. Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let me just pray at this stage. Lord, what an incredible story. What beauty. And as we put ourselves into that picture today, and as our true colours are on display, may it be that the meeting that we have with our Jesus lights up our lives, and brings us into a new place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Both characters showed their true colors. One of incredible love, courage, and appreciation. The other of arrogance, pride, and judgment. Now here's a test, if I was to ask you What colour would you choose for these emotions? Okay, this is a different thing. There's no right or wrong answers in this. We all see colour differently. What colour would you choose for the emotion of courage? Just say a colour. You don't have to yell it, someone will hear you. What colour would courage be for you? Red someone heard, I heard it. Shame, what colour would shame be? Thanks, arrogance. Pride, judgment. We all we, we know this next one. We've been taught this one. Envy, green. Sometimes it's good for us to see emotion in color. It helps us understand the depth a little bit more. Jesus displayed the fullness of his character. He showed full colors, his true colors. He shines in this story in brilliant Light, wide and as expansive as the blue sky above Alice, as deep as the royal purple and yet brown green with its earthiness and vibrancy. He's alive and he's grounded in the realities of people's emotions, of their shame and arrogance. Jesus is here, and I want you to hear this and see it in a different light. I believe this story shows us how Jesus absorbed the shame of the woman. You've got that picture? He absorbed her shame. Shame can't put out light. His brilliance shone on her. And the darkness that was there shone on her shame and absorbed it. And it was gone. She carried shame as an immoral woman. You've probably heard on the news about shame cultures, where if you have brought dishonor on a family on or on a society, you're ostracized. Now, this woman because of her behavior, had no honor in society. She could not. She was banned from any aspect of temple worship. She could not come even to beg mercy. She could not go near the temple. She could not be included in society. And we've got a picture of that with the woman at the well. Remember in John 4, when Jesus talks us about another woman. She had to go and collect water from the well in the hot midday sun because the shame and the banning of being part of society forbade her acceptance in the coolness of the morning and the coolness of night. Shame ostracized. Shame meant that she was not acceptable. Jesus absorbed the darkness of the shame. Here she is a sinner who courageously comes to Jesus. The Jesus of whom she has heard. I love this part of the scripture. It just says very simply, she heard that Jesus was there. What on earth did you hear? What do your friends hear about your Jesus? What did they hear? She's heard about Jesus. Maybe she heard about Mary Magdalene, the woman of whom seven demons were cast out. Maybe she heard of other women who were accepted by Jesus, who had met Jesus and had their lives transformed. I don't know, but she had heard. And she intentionally and deliberately came I know that because she got together the jar and put in it expensive perfume or oil. She came to bring that as an extravagant gift of worship. You see, she couldn't go to the temple and worship. She couldn't do any of that. But she'd seen and heard, I don't know if she'd seen, she'd heard something about Jesus that provoked in her a love and a desire To worship so she came prepared she came prepared for that and she got it ready and she came now the custom in those days if you invited someone for a meal was that they sat around on the floor I don't know if you've ever been invited to a meal like that I did once with an Iranian family and I've never felt so uncomfortable in all my life because I didn't know what to do with my feet I didn't know how to sit I didn't eat much that day Um, It was with hands on the floor, with your feet supposedly tucked underneath. I'm very grateful I live in a culture with table and chairs. (laughs) So much more comfortable to eat. So if you invite me for a meal, please don't do it on the floor. (laughs) But they somehow had their feet behind them. And so she came... and, And the other thing about the culture was that The guests would be there eating, but anyone from the extended family, the servants, um, their family, the children, the neighbours, they could come and listen to what they would perceive would be a very good conversation or debate. That was cultural. So you eat and invite publicly. Now, I'm pretty sure the woman wasn't invited, but she happened along because she had heard and she came. And she didn't have to hide any longer. She came and she went behind and she washed his feet. Beautiful story. And her shame was absorbed, such deep love. This one that she had heard about, she came to worship. Now later on in the scriptures, it actually says something very interesting. It said she loved much. When did she fall in love with Jesus? And it says that she was forgiven much. I don't know when that happened. Was that as she was washing or was that in the hearing about Jesus before she came? Whatever. She knew that she was forgiven and she no longer had the color of shame, the grayness and the slimy muck of feeling shame that made the head go down, where you couldn't look at people in the eye. She no longer wore shame. She wore courage. She came and she washed his feet. His extravagant love, his renewed relationship. What's the opposite of shame? Honour. What did God give her? What did Jesus give her? Jesus gave her honour honor among women, honor to be in his presence, honor to be in and part of worship, honor to belong, no longer shame. She's restored, she's forgiven. The true colors of Jesus lighting up a sinful woman. The woman embraced by the warm colors of the love of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? It's lovely. Well, on the scene, there's also Simon, the Pharisee. To this day, I haven't got a clue why he invited Jesus to dinner. I don't know. I get a few hints, one from when he sees Jesus accepting the touch of a sinner, and he's thinking, if Jesus was a prophet, he should know that that Woman is a sinner. So, logically, he can't be a prophet. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Can you see him saying that? Or it could have been that he was a little bit, be a little bit kinder to him. It could have been that he thought, I wonder if all this is true. Regardless, he did not offer the customary greetings. There was a coldness about his invitation There was a coldness. White is also the color of cold, isn't it? It can be a cold color, unless it's got light shining on it. So he's cold. No greeting, we shake hands. They kiss, you know, not on the lips like this, but they give a perfunctory kiss on the cheek. But most important, they have to wash the feet. Why? Because there's no bitumen roads, there's no cars, there's no ease of travel. They're filthy, dirty when they arrive. And if it's been raining, it's more than dirt, it's mud. They have walked, they've had sandals, they take them off and they're there. And they're supposed to have someone wash the feet. Now, interesting, Simon didn't really have to do the washing. He could have got a servant to do that and put some oil on and make them anointed we call it he didn't do it why on earth did he invite jesus he didn't even say to one of the servants he hated get his feet washed ignored him indifferent simon the color of disrespect the color of cowardness which sometimes we refer to yellow cowardly the color of arrogance he showed his true colors Jesus, too, showed his colors. Jesus taught him through a little story, and very significantly, he could just say, those who know they're sinners and know that they've been forgiven, know that they are loved. Forgiven a lot. Knowing you're forgiven, loved a lot. It's a simple story. True colors are found, but speaking of colors, what color would you name yourself today? Is it the beige of indifference? Or the beige of complacency? Is it the darkness of shame or guilt or condemnation? Is it the green of growth, vibrancy, aliveness, or the green of envy? Is it the red of love and desire? Is it the purple of honor? Or the blue of the great big expanse of openness and invitation that's in your life? Many years ago, I was facing a little bit of a crisis in my life. I was having to move from one work to another, and with that, there were a lot of emotions, a lot of tensions, a lot of not understanding. There was a time of physical unwellness, probably mental unwellness, and definitely spiritual unwellness. And I journaled this. This is the beauty of journal 20 years ago. Here it is, okay? I'm going to read this to you that I wrote as the colours of my life. You, Jesus, add colour to my life. Yellow for light. Bright, It is well with my soul days, evidenced by blue, clear days when circumstances don't overshadow me. Then comes the clouds, sometimes white, fluffy ones that block out the sun but don't necessarily warn of possible distance between the sun and me. Things still look good on the outside. It's still possible to perform. But the yellow is disappearing and soon it's overcast with shades of gray deepening to blackness and darkness. Now it takes faith to believe the sun is present. Moods of gray can so easily envelop the soul and causes blackness within. Is it sin? Where is God? Yellow is the color of the divine that brings red, purple hues in times of darkness. God is present, God is at work. Whatever the color, it greens my soul to the depths of soil. Darkness is necessary for growth. What color do you name yourself? Because today you need Jesus to shine on that color. He can turn your darkness to light, your shadows to clarity, your indifference to renewed commitment, your waywardness to purpose, your trappedness to newness. He responds to your call. Come, light of the world. Light up my light. Light up my life. He longs to restore your soul. He wants to absorb your shame. He wants to blot out your guilt and chase away the darkness and condemnation. You say to Jesus, come, Lord Jesus, come. And he does. But he says to you, come, come, come to me. Do you come? Because today he wants to add color to your life. Amen.